Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. You ever wanted to just, I don't know, sail away? Have you ever felt like you knew somebody well enough to sail away for 30 years with them? <laughs> and then and then to write a book about it, I don't know. But we've got Jennifer Silva Redmond with us today. By the way, Mitch, first of all, how are you? Did you have a good camping trip? I did. I did. I'm doing great, Kevin. Thank you. Well, good. And, uh, and Jennifer is sitting there on her boat, and yeah. she's in Puget Sound somewhere. In Paulsbo today. Oh, oh nice. very nice. Very, very nice. nice. Paulsbo is a beautiful area. Oh, yes. And this bay is gorgeous today. It's like a mill pond. The water is just like a, a reflecting mirror. It's just perfect and sunshine and everything. Well, not only are you a boat sailor, but you also are a writer and you are done editing and you've, <laughs> you've written the book. Give us the name of the book that is coming out right about, oh, I don't know, now. <clears throat> In, in, in this coming Tuesday, it's September 19th, and it's called Honeymoon at Sea, How I Found Myself Living on a Small Boat. You know, I was going to give you another subtitle. It was like, Honeymoon at Sea, How the Heck Two People Can Live <laughs> Together on a 26-Foot Boat for like 30 Years. Well, one of the things that I open the book with is my grandfather's quote where he says, if you want to get to know someone, take a long trip in a small boat. So, <laughs> and you've accomplished that. And Absolutely. I know, Mitch, you're a bit of an outdoorsy guy. And uh, yeah. have you ever go sailboating? I've never gone sailboating. I go out on boats a lot. I've been out in the Puget Sound. I haven't gone out in a boat around Paulsville yet, but <clears throat> just around here, Edmonds, Everett, Langley, just Bain, Bainbridge, Bremerton, all in there. So I haven't gone far, but um, I do like boats, but never sailed, never sailed. It helps, if some of the, so it helps if some of the most beautiful places in the world are a, a mile, I mean, an hour away for you. I mean, you just named some of the prettiest places I've ever been on the boat. And we just love, we just love Puget Sound. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. And the book is coming out just right in the, on the 19th. Have you gotten any buzz about it? Is there anything going on with it? Well, we um, I'm going to be doing a talk at the library in Port Townsend. So that's the first of the, of the you know, in-person talks. Um, so that's October 4th. And the uh, Port Townsend leader, the newspaper uh, there in Port Townsend is going to interview me. So that's going to be good. You know, that'll be tomorrow and that'll come out sometime before that event. And in the meantime, we've been getting great reviews. I mean, <laughs> I just have to keep pinching myself every time I get another review because I'm like, they get it. They get it. Like Sally Field, they like me. They like me. <laughs> they, <laughs> they really, really like, like me. They really like me. Well, um, I, I think what you're doing is wonderful. And we, we had a nice conversation um, earlier, and uh, uh, you're, you're a very nice person, and <sighs> you and your husband uh, obviously are very close because you have to be. Literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> and and I know the book you're talking about, uh, Honeymoon and stuff. I'd love for you to explain to someone like me who 
didn't succeed at marriage, what it's like and how you have succeeded at marriage. Oh, gosh. You know, part of that is so much luck. Kevin, I mean, I'm sure you both know that. I mean, you know how it it's uh, it would take speed dating to a whole nother level to jump onto a boat with somebody and see how many days you could last. <laughs> that would be maybe they should do a survivor one like that. You know, I was reality just TV. The same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they they have enough crazy shows out there. That right? I'm surprised that they maybe, don't have that. Maybe they should <clears> do it on a powerboat. They could have like 10 people and then winnow them down and there'd be two people left. Hopefully, you know, they'd be attracted to the other one. <laughs> but at any rate, um, well, it's it, funny enough. It's a lot like camping, you know, um, you get together and you go on this adventure and you have a little bit of a framework. In other words, you're going to go to campgrounds or in our case, anchorages, and you're going to have a little home, your tent or your RV, or in our case, a boat. And then you just take this adventure together and you try and um, keep your <laughs> keep your temper when things go bad because they're bound to. I mean, putting up a tent is way harder than sailing, in my opinion. It's one of the hardest, hardest things two people can do. Um, but it's it's there's going to be joys. There's going to be catching the rainbow trout in the stream. There's going to be the incredible moonlight or or sunset. But there's also going to be those things that are going to be really taxing. And I think, you know, that's a good metaphor for marriage in general. Is um, this is a relationship? <laughs> so we're on this together. We're going on this journey together. And at a certain point, you know, you have to you have to um, pick your battles. You know, these are not anything you've never heard before. You've got to bite your tongue occasionally. You've got to look at the big picture and say like, okay, it's okay that, you know, we took this wrong turn, even though I told him not to, or, you know, it's, it's like a road trip, right? It, it, if you'd only listen to me, it, it, try and keep those comments down to a minimum, you know, no, I told you so, as if you can help it. Those are, those are, you know, I'd say those are a few of the top five tips. How do you be a backseat driver when you're in a boat? <laughs> oh, it's very easy because, you know, whoever has got the tiller or in, now we have a slightly larger boat, the wheel, and that person is doing things. And then, and we'll, even after 34 years of marriage and 30, you know, plus of them has been on a boat, we'll do something and we say, I thought you just said you were going to go. No, I said very clearly that I was doing this. And, you know, it's like, how can we possibly be confused after all these years? But it happens. It happens. You know, I said I was going to go up into the wind. Oh, I thought you meant you were going to, you know, so. Well, and Mitch can verify this, but we both have someone in our lives that that it's the same person. And she's pretty, pretty consistent with why are you doing that? I thought that we decided that we weren't going to do that. And Mitch has been part of those conversations. They're a little uncomfortable from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just got to take a step back, you know, <laughs> take a look at it uh, before you respond. Especially when she's right most of the time. So, you know, yeah. it's just well. one of those things. You know, but you can't have that my way or the highway kind of point of view on a boat because you're going to end up then clashing all the time. So you have to be willing to listen to the other person. And, and it probably helped when we first took off that I knew nothing. If I had known a little bit, I probably would have been more, you know, would have been more, you know, um, 
full of conflict. But since I knew nothing and Russell had been sailing for 20 years, I could go like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. So when he says do this, I'll do it. Now, after, you know, sailing for over 30 years, we're more likely to be like, no, what, why don't we discuss this? And, you know, but at the time it was like, okay, I just backwinded the sail and it fell over to the side. I think I'm going to sink the boat. And he'd come up and go, no, 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 no. You're not flying an F-18. It's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> calm down, breathe deep. Um, and speak of the devil, I've, we've got a question for you, which is you, she'd love to know more about how meals and food are prepared in different, how it's different on a boat than it is in a home. Well, two things that come up is um, the first one is a, a decision that we made that not all boaters make, but we decided to stick with refrigeration and not have a freezer. And the reason why is because freezers take a ton of energy. And when you have days like yesterday, where it's pretty much socked yeah. in, you know, cloudy all day long, our solar panels will keep everything fine. Um, they'll keep the refrigerator cold, but trying to make ice cubes on a boat is something that power boaters can do because they can turn the motor on and just, you know, run while they're doing it. But so that, that keeps things simpler, but it also means that provisioning, I can't put, you know, steak and, and all of these, you know, fish or whatever in there for weeks away. So I'm really planning meals very, um, this week, is this amount of fresh food. And then we have things, of course, you have cans of tuna, you have cans of beans. Um, and then we have things like, you know, the, the, the rice and, and tortillas. We're still eating tortillas after all these years after Mexico. <laughs> gotta have quesadillas, gotta be able to do the, uh, the nachos, you know, or whatever. So um, yeah, I think shopping more frequently is something that I find comes up. Um, Obviously, it's a different thing when you're taking off on a long trip. Say you were going to go from here to Hawaii, then you have to really plot out, okay, I have to have meal prep for an entire month, which is what I did on that 26-foot boat leaving San Diego for Cabo San Lucas. I had to figure out how do I prepare you know, meals for the first few days that all we had to do was heat them up because we thought, and it turned out to be true that we'd be exhausted at the end of every day and barely like heat it up and eat it and be like falling asleep at the table. <laughs> <laughs> so I would make, you know, kind of casserole type things that could just be heated up. Well, I have a two burner stove, so it's sort of like camping or being in a in an RV. You know, you I do have an oven, so I can certainly cook things, you know, um, haven't done any <laughs> turkeys or anything like that, but you know, meatloaf normal type stuff um so it's 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 looking around too and seeing like paulsbo and many places here in the pacific northwest have farmers markets so you go and see what's fresh you know um just like you do at your local food co-op or you know what's fresh what's what's in season and get those things and uh you know but it's in terms of the actual cooking you know i have frying pans and pots and pans and normal stuff and a normal stove i just use propane instead of natural gas so i don't know if that covers it but mitch is the um lack of ice cubes a deal breaker for you it might be for me <laughs> uh I, you know i'll be i'll be honest i don't i don't use ice cubes that much i and and i'll to put into perspective i'll make i'll fill up two or three ice trays in the and i'll put them in the freezer and if you've ever had 
ice cubes sit in the freezer long enough they Ooh. shrink yes and they, they get real small and i and <laughs> i feel like i used to care like when i drink water i just drink i don't drink ice water i i just drink regular water i have a filter and it's probably maybe a little colder than room temperature but yeah no it wouldn't be a deal breaker for me i would be totally fine without ice well, I thought that maybe, you know, like uh, bourbon on the rocks or something oh, like that would be. That, that was, I was going to say that. <laughs> you know, but here's a trick is you can put, for example, Manhattan's, right? Um, we put a little flask that has bourbon and a little flask that has vermouth in the fridge. And they're, you know, 45 degrees or whatever. I mean, it's cold. And then you mix it up and it's cold. It also doesn't get diluted because you don't have ice cubes in it. So there's, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah. I mean, I got whiskey cubes. So, I mean, those are probably oh, there you in the go. fridge. You know, they wouldn't be quite as cold as the freezer, but I think I would, I would survive, Kevin. I would be just fine. You have whiskey cubes? Yeah. They're like, they make, there's all different kinds. They're like these rocks and you can, you keep them. There's like a little velvet or felt bag that you keep them in. You keep them, I keep them in the freezer. But yeah, you can put those in a in a whiskey glass and that'll that'll chill or keep the whiskey cool or whatever you want to call it, but it doesn't pollute it because you're not using an ice cube. It's basically an ice cube in plastic or rubber, rubberized little these ones that I have are stones. They're like made for it. So they're yeah, I've seen what I know what you're talking about. Um the ones that I have are these these stone ones. They're basically look they feel and kind of look like rocks, but they're perfect cube shapes. And again, yeah, it's got like five of them in a bag or whatever. This sounds like something somebody did in whatever year BC. They were like, ooh, oh, look, cold stone in drink. Much better. <laughs> Much better. Mmm, <laughs> yeah. cold yummy. <laughs> so, even given the fact that you're living on a boat, it isn't that much different than living in a, I don't know, a mobile home or, yeah. or a trailer or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the world's tiniest mobile home. Um, it's, it's, it's probably um, more like an RV in that, you know, when you walk in, I mean, talking about the old class C's with the overhead bed over the top. Um, this is about that size. Um, so, but instead of, you know, it's all on one level. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think most people that have camped in an RV or, I mean, we, we spent some time traveling in our VW bus. Of course we had a VW bus, you know, in the 1970s, cause everyone does. It did. <laughs> and so we would go camping in that and that would feel small after a few days. Like, you know, everything is in one spot. That's about two feet wide, you know? ice chest and everything stand in the middle and turn around yes. you're at you're yes. at your bed and you turn exactly. the other way and you're driving <laughs> yep and there's no heater like it would get super cold one night i think we just put the dog at the foot of the bed and that was our heater you know <laughs> oh yeah the- in your in your uh, sailboat because you've got uh, solar energy you have heat and yep. you have uh, you can cool and do all that kind of stuff, and it's pretty modern stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a diesel heater, but it does, um, you know, it takes 
obviously the diesel to run it, but it also takes electricity to get started, if that makes sense. So you need the solar energy for that. So on days when it's super cold and overcast, you can't run it right when you want it the most. You have to wait for it to get later in the day and then, you know, you turn it on. But you can do what I did today, which is cook a pork tenderloin and it warms up the boat. It, it stays cold inside of a boat. I mean, I don't mean cold like cold, but for example, today is probably 75 degrees outside and in the boat, it's usually around 60, you know, maybe 65. It's because you're sitting in 50 degree water. So the boat is sitting in cold water and it's kind of, you know, like a, a contact cold, whatever you want to call it. There's the physics of it could be explained better than I'm doing, but it, it stays cool. It's like my whiskey cubes, but they're whiskey cubes. Exactly. We're like a, a floating rock, <laughs> just like a floating rock. Apparently my life has been rather um, I'm sheltered. I have no idea. I've never heard of a, I used to be a bartender and I've never heard of a whiskey rock. Would that be funny if they had those at a, at a bar? I know now they have those huge cubes. That's like the trendy thing. You go to the bar and they put that ice cube in it that barely fits in the rocks glass. And it's like, I have those too. Square cubes. And then I have yes. the ones that are, you can fill up that are uh, round and that's oh, so you don't get the, those ones are the best. I like, yeah. Cause you don't get the, what's the, I mean, you, sometimes with the cubes, the, the square ones, they melt a little bit and they kind of form to the cup. It kind of blocks and you go to take a sip and then it, you know, gets on your face or something like that. So the round ones are much better. Yeah, the big ones I've noticed you're drinking like this and then it's sitting against your lip. You know, it's sort of like yeah. get your finger in there. We didn't know <laughs> how much around. we were going to spend time about cocktails. <laughs> cocktails <laughs> on a boat. This is what Honeymoon at Sea is all about. Okay, it's we a were separate in Mexico. Show. <laughs> there cocktails was rum, there was tequila. <laughs> well, but that's half the that's half the fun is because you're you're now 30 years ago when he when when your husband proposed Hey, let's go sailing. Okay. And uh, did you think that you'd be doing this 30 years later? Oh, my God. No, I, I was I was thinking I'd be lucky if I made it the first 30 days because <laughs> it, I, I knew nothing about sailing. And I mean, I'm from a Mexican-American family in San Diego. So you'd think that I knew more about Baja, but I'd like been to Tijuana and I'd been to Ensenada like everybody else. Right. And I didn't know any more than anybody else about Baja. I spoke a little Spanish. So we got on the boat and it was, it was almost a month to our, our first, you know, not, we went ashore in other places, but in terms of a city, I mean, Cabo, is, is a city um and it, that was a big milestone and i and and that that gave me the faith that we could keep going and and you know there were as you know some milestones along the way like sailing doing your first overnight solo watch that was kind of a big deal getting through that without without freaking out too totally <laughs> when you're on the ocean and even when you're near land but it's dark. Mm -hmm. It's it's as dark as what's it like looking up and watching the stars and and, and that must be a really fun um, visual experience. This very first night that I'm was talking about, I there I was. You know, Russell went below and and you know closed the 
doors, you know, out to the cockpit where you sit. So there's no other lights. There's like little tiny red light that lights up your compass. And it, when you first turn it on, it seems very, very dim. But as all the other light goes away, all of a sudden this light is just glowing and it's like a little tiny fire. You know, you just look at that little light and you see, okay, I'm going, going south. That's good. Um, and, and then the, the stars come out. And the, the first thing I thought was, I have never really seen stars before because it's so dark. Once you get below Ensenada in, in Baja, or, you know, if you've been out to the desert, it's same kind of thing. What do they call it now? A, a, a light, I, I forget what it's like protected areas that, that don't have ambient light, you know, from cities and they're trying to protect them. To light pollution. Light pollution. Exactly. So yeah. they're like a, um, so you just see, I mean, you've never really seen the Milky Way before. All of a sudden you're like, oh, there's like a galaxy. It's right there. I can see it. You know, you can see the kind of breadth of, of space, which is just, it, it at first I felt almost um, not claustrophobic. What do I mean? Agoraphobic, like there's all this space, you know, I'm in the middle of the ocean. I can't see the land, you know, I, it's almost like you're going to feel like you're going to float away or something. There's nothing holding you. And then through that progression of those hours going by, it's like, it's okay. I'm good. I'm right here. I'm on this boat. The boat's on the ocean. The ocean's on the land, you know? going to be okay you know it's all part of the big cosmic dance so would you not when you were going like going south on in baja yeah. and you were going to a city but you hadn't got there and it was dark did you guys have to drive all night long Yes. Yeah. There are places that you can, when we first started out, Russell, because he's brilliant, <laughs> plotted it out. So we would stop every night because it was just too much. I think to think I'm going to jump out into the middle of the ocean and, and sail overnight and do a solo watch. And, you know, there was just too much. It was like sail for eight hours or so, which is not, you know, a really hard life <laughs> first to sail for eight hours and then you come in and you anchor the boat and you're safe and you're in a little cove and it's pretty and make a little dinner you know um have a, a bourbon with no ice in it um <laughs> we did have ice in those days we had an ice chest but it was funny in mexico they sell a huge blocks of ice that come from the ice um you know factory and there and there's like a bar of ice for like four dollars or something so we would get one that was like half of that and we would fit into the ice chest sort of like you talked about the big cube in the glass it was so much ice in there you couldn't put anything else in the thing so it was sort of pointless for the first couple of days I'm like cram this piece of cheese along the side you know it's kind of funny anyway off subject there but yes it would be night and we would sail through the night and we would take turns um that's you know you, you you're on watch for a couple of hours and then you wake the other person up and you get into the warm bed and they go out into the cold night and steer did you ever think why am i doing this because i'm staying up all night long <laughs> you know my big problem with staying up it is not staying up it's falling asleep I, I tend to be one of those people who like I get excited and then when I go to lie in the bed when he's on watch, I can't go to sleep. So that was m more of the thing. I knew I had to sleep to be awake for the next, but it's hard to suddenly go like, okay, it's 2.15, go to sleep. 
you know, I mean, that's, I don't know that maybe most people don't have that problem that it's a good With thing. I never bourbon. You right? Know, go right, right, right. Go right to sleep. Exactly. Or those little stones. I get hit myself in the head with the little frozen stones, <laughs> knock myself out. But it's a good thing I never had kids because I would have been like either sleeping through the two o'clock feeding or never going back to sleep again. So, yeah, boy, that that would be hard. By the way, do you have a satellite for your TV? You know, we don't. We um we only watch the TV when we're um you know at a dock like you know, at, at where we have electricity, you know, coming into the boat. But we do have um, an iPad and a couple of laptops, which, of course, I'm using right now. Um, but we, we watch movies on the iPad. You know, we're sitting very close together. So the iPad seems big. I mean, it's not a problem. We've, you know, the, the bad thing is when they're, they're those letterbox movies, you know, where they, all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of black on the top and this like tiny little thing and you're is this Lawrence of Arabia? You know, <laughs> something you can't really see what's going on. Um, Jennifer, so, you're dating yourself a little bit. I Lawrence tell you, bit. you know, exactly. Well, we like to watch classic movies and new movies. We're we're up for every movie. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. But without but what about, you know, like Sunday football? Yeah, football is a it, we're we're kind of the football fans that watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but we do like baseball and we do, we have serious radio. So we do it old fashioned style, you know, there is the crack of the bat and, you know, and he's running to first base and he's out, you know, where they give you the whole com color commentary, um, just, you know, no pictures. So that's fun. By the, by the way, do you, uh, do you ever listen to the Mariners broadcast? We do. You know who Gary Hill is? I don't. He's one of the broadcasters. Oh, he he was on my show on KKNW years ago, and he's now made it all the way to the big time. He's a he's a major league announcer, so it's pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm a Giants fan, so John Miller, he's like amazing. He's been doing it for I don't know fifty years or something. I think, you know, but but I remember Vin Scully and all those when I was a kid. My dad would listen to Dodgers on the on the radio anyway but yes we have all many methods of entertainment you know serious radio music itunes you know it's just like we're in the modern world <laughs> do you guys play any board games you know my husband is not a board game person i finally got him playing poker um when we were doing long trips down in baja um and and in and in mexico and one time we were down off of nicaragua and we actually had to go in an anchor because it was a big storm but it was blowing off the land so we were totally safe where we were it, you just couldn't do anything you just literally you're right there with the wind blowing 50 knots or whatever and so we just sat there day after day with nothing to do except you know just survive so we played a lot of poker you know and and crazy eights you know we're kind of that level of um you know that level of real tough tough uh I don't know Texas Hold'em and all those ones with fancy rules you know it's just pretty much five card draw and crazy eights <laughs> It goes great with bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then it gets to be super crazy eights. 
kind of sad I brought up the bourbon part. That seems to be yeah, the theme of the it show. It seems to theme. work its way into the show pretty the theme, often now. You know, well, we did one thing about Mexico, and, and then seriously, we'll stop talking about booze. But in Mexico, they sell um, rum, like Bacardi rum or something like that. They'll sell in a, in a non-export variety and it'll be called Las Palmas or something, but it's made by Bacardi. It's the exact same thing. They sell for a lot more money in, in the United States and Canada, but instead it's like $5, you know, so you're actually drinking, you know, good quality. Um, so we would make up, you know, things because of course you can't speak back to the provisioning question. You can't carry too much fruit on a boat because if you carry too much fruit, it starts to go bad. You know how, yeah. you know, you get a bag of oranges and by the time you get to the bottom of that bag, one of them's kind of mushy. Well, yeah. on a boat when it's 90 degrees, that, that happens in like three days. So it's like I can take a couple of these and a couple of these and apples, potatoes, you know, cabbage, all the things that last forever, but are super boring. Um, so, you know, that's it's you can you get things like um powdered the powdered like tang or kool-aid or whatever and pour your rum and that's not very exciting cocktails not not like mitch is used to <laughs> you know i think for your second book i think oh. it should be recipes for living on a boat yeah and maybe that should be the companion book that i do to it you know it could be a shorter book that just has food and drink from the watchfire <laughs> Well, because it, to make it palatable, when you're when you're down to just rice and beans, and it's like, okay, honey, what do you want to have, rice or beans, or do you want to go <laughs> all out and we'll have rice and beans? <laughs> yeah, it's like Monty Python, you know. That that doesn't have much beans in it, you know. It's rice and beans and rice, you know. <laughs> yes. But yeah, the answer is hot sauce. It's always the answer is always hot sauce, pretty much, you know. <laughs> Fresh salsa, if you have it, tapatio in a bottle when you don't. Um, and, of course, garlic. Garlic makes everything better. Onions oh, yeah. make everything better. But you're you're living with another human being in a close proximity, you, so you both have to have the same amount of garlic, don't you? Well, it, yeah, I'm cooking it, and we're both eating, so we're both going to have the same amount of garlic. <laughs> but we also yeah, but... would catch fish. We'd catch fresh fish and, and, and barbecue a fresh fish. I mean catching a fish bringing it onto the boat cleaning it and eating it within the same hour i mean you think you've had fresh fish until you have that and then you're like oh, nothing will ever be this good again <laughs> what is your favorite fish to, to pull out of the ocean I think mahi mahi, or as it's but that's what they call it in Hawaii. It's known as dorado down in Mexico. It's sort of a, it's almost steaky, not as steaky as like a swordfish is, but more steaky than a than a sea bass. So somewhere in that continuum. So it's it's a white, um, very tasty and very juicy. It's just uh, it's delicious, and they fight really hard though. So you have to, and they they've known for biting the lure off. Oh, we lost quite a few of those along the way. So I'm not That's much of a fisherman. Well, but you're still here. So apparently you ate some. <laughs> we did. He would catch a lot of them on the rod and reel. And I learned to catch them to find clams and scallops. So that was kind of my thing was down in the, under the water. And then I did learn how to use a spear fish. I mean, a spear, eventually a spear fishing spear <laughs> and uh 
that was pretty fun. I mean, here I was this like hippie, you know, girl uh, from the sixties, make love, not war. And I'm down there. You know, now, were you in things. the water or were you yeah. on the boat? You know, you actually oh. went, yep. did, did you... some, um, some diving. Yeah. Yeah. With this, I mean, we didn't do scuba in those days. We're both certified scuba we're certifiable but also we're we're certified scuba um divers now too but but um we haven't we haven't done any hunting up here you need like there's 20 different licenses for everything that you do and it's a little confusing so we just go to the store and buy it it's, like, it's our our own version of trickle down economics so we'll buy the fish and support the market the next time you're on one of your trips and you're going to be out all night or a couple of nights. Before you go, I want you to rent Jaws. Oh, no. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it once, and that was enough for me. Dun -dun, dun -dun. They you might need a bigger be. boat. <laughs> ha -ha, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we would need a bigger boat. But we did have one time, uh, uh, Russell was spearing, uh, looking for a, a, a fish underwater with his spear gun and I was looking for scallops and then I came swimming across the bay and I looked down and there's these big sharks they're you know five foot sharks I mean not like big big not like jaws but big enough and they're swimming towards the boat and Russell calls out look what I caught he's holding up a spear and on the spear is this dorado that he shot and it's bleeding into the water <laughs> I'm yelling shark, you know, and he's what can't hear you. Look at the fish, you know, like shark, you know. So finally, he heard me, and he, you know, pretty much walked on the water over to the boat, and 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 I'm trying to swim quickly, but not make the water, you know, not stir up the water because I don't want the sharks to suddenly go like, what's that up there, you know. So I'm trying to swim like very calmly, but really fast, which is super hard to do. But we 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 did not. I, I got both feet still. <laughs> I have both feet still. Congratulations. That's, and did you see any wildlife when you were hand, camping this weekend, Mitch? Uh, no. Well, saw some fish um, in the evening time, kind of jumping mm -hmm. upriver. And then pretty much besides that, it was just birds, chipmunks. And there was, I don't know, a mouse or a rat came on the camping table, was doing its rounds trying to find stuff it was really small i i don't i don't know what classifies the difference between a mouse and a rat it looked pretty cute it looked like a pet to me so it, it wasn't like you know you think of rats are like those big they got the big long tail this was it was maybe four inches three inches with a tiny little tail and he was just kind of roaming around the the camping table and everybody's like get it get it get it i'm like well he's not doing anything oh, <laughs> as long as man. our food's as long as our food's not out you know then he whatever. won't eat he's... much yeah <laughs> he didn't have little. a big big enough mouth so <laughs> i'm not well, too worried about it basically mice are in the woods and rats are in the city so i'm i'm with you he's most likely a mouse they're yeah. very cute very mousy looking <laughs> you can but come I... to port townsend and see deer they're everywhere in port townsend oh they're oh, yeah you have to be careful driving out there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're in the, I mean, right in the city, you'll be just walking along the town and, and, and right in somebody's front yard, there'll be deer and sometimes even a, you know, a buck with big antlers and moms with babies. It's just totally adorable. I think. 
I'm sure the people that are trying to raise something in their backyard and the, and the deer are eating it are not loving Bambi quite so much as I am. It, 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 that is a problem. Um, but, you know, okay. we all got to eat. We all got to yeah. eat. But, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll tell you, getting back to Russell and the, and the shark, I can't think of anything that motivates you more than if you're being chased by a shark. That's right up there. Yeah. On land, it would be, I don't know, tiger or whatever. But yeah, in the water, it's, you see, you hear shark and you want to go very quickly. <laughs> you don't want to sit there and take pictures. But there were whales down Did there have, too. Oh, that would be very interesting. Do you, do you hear them singing at night? You hear them. Mostly it's that exhalation that they do. You can hear the whale song, but it's so faint. But when they come up and they do that, you know, and you hear it through the boat and, and, and the, it's just incredible. And the fin whales are, they're easy, 65, 70 feet long. I mean, they're big whales, um, wow. not quite as big as blue whales, but, but there's a, there's a lot of, there's four or five different kinds of whales down there, but we have yet to see an orca up here. We hear they're here. <laughs> there are a couple of pods in, in Puget Sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have that whale watching app and yes. I, I've been out a couple times and they they'll tell you people, other people that have it. I mean, you only know if somebody sees it and reports it, mm -hmm. but it'll say yeah. like, Oh, orca gray whales. So in the last couple of weeks they've had mm -hmm. reports. I'm actually pretty close to Puget sound. I'm over Metadale area, um, just, uh, North of Edmonds, but mm. they've been, there's been a bunch of orcas and there's been even some gray whales that have been spotted up in the Puget Sound here, but I've gone out a couple of times in the last month and I haven't, haven't seen any whales. I've seen the porpoises or whatever. They look just like dolphins. Mm -hmm. I always just call them dolphins. They're but very skittish cool. though. We, we don't see, I mean, in, in California, I'm, I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see all sea life, but we're used to these big schools of dolphins, porpoises, you know, where you, you see them as far as the eye can see. And here we'll see a few. And then the minute you try and get a camera up, they're gone. They're just like, they're very, I don't know if they're shyer or if it's a whole, it's probably a completely different species. I don't know anything about dolphin species. <laughs> I thought it was good to know the difference between two different kinds of whales. <laughs> yes and that. have you ever seen a blue whale we did see a blue whale once and the thing i remember was you know when the back comes up you know you just have that brief moment where the back kind of comes out of the water and arcs and then you see the flukes with a blue whale it was like the back just kept coming and coming and it was like oh my gosh so big and the flukes the tail when it came up and flipped, felt like it was as long as our boat. As I mean, it was huge. That's, a, that's the biggest I, creature in the world. The biggest creature in the world. And it feels like when you're on a 26-foot boat, that you are the smallest creature in the world. And that very moment when that thing is breaching next to you, it's like, oh, my. If he wanted to, or even just by mistake, just that tail could just, you know. But the grays we saw a lot, and they're pretty big, too. <laughs> they're do you now when you're in in the ocean like that? Do you have to worry about because uh, you don't have a you're not you're sailing, so it's quiet. So you mm -hmm. don't have a, a propeller and an engine, right? 
We have a inboard engine here, so a, a, a diesel engine that's below the water. What, on the little boat, we had an outboard, and it would literally, it would hang on the side of the boat, and then we would put it down into a well, so it had a little prop below. And the theory was, um, though this has been somewhat disproved recently, as you guys have probably heard about with the orcas coming and attacking boats <laughs> in various parts of the world. Yeah, like on purpose, clearly. Um, and... It, if you turned on an engine that whales were supposed to stay away from you because they don't want to get near the engine. But of course, people have shipwrecks because they run into a whale or a whale runs into them. Who, whichever, uh, depending on who you talk to, they ran uh, into the whale. Exactly. Exactly. And that will, of course, you know, ruin your whole day and your whole journey. And that's, pretty much the end of that well i hope i didn't ruin anybody's day by trying to sing that would have been bad but uh i was okay. wondering what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to mimic something i don't think it went over that well and, uh, <laughs> well, well that was your whale call or something yeah that was that was my uh john williams <laughs> you did it i knew just what you were doing that's because you're a good friend and memorable. Yes. By the way, we're talking with Jennifer Raymond. And uh, if you want to go to her website, how do you get there, my dear? Well, I am at www.jennyredbug.com, just like it sounds, Jenny Redbug. And that also links to my Substack, where I have like a weekly newsletter if you want to hear where we're traveling or various things I'm doing or about my. Uh, the link to Positive Talk Radio, which will be on, you know, very soon. So, well, thank you very much for that, and and yeah. you also do editing. And yes. do you do you take your work with you on the, mm -hmm. on, the boat, on trips? Yes, when we were first um, on that first trip. I didn't actually know what I was going to be when I grew up. At that point, <laughs> I was twenty eight. I'd been an actor for about. 12 years or something. Um, and, you know, because I started as a kid. And so I didn't really have any other skills. I mean, waiting tables, because of course, I was an actor, I was waiting tables. I know how original. Um, so I knew how to wait tables and 10 bar. And I didn't really have any other skills. So I thought, well, we'll get eventually we'll get to Florida, and I can get a job doing that. But along the way, I started writing. So that really those I was writing in a journal every night. I'd say we went here and we went here and we saw this and we did that. And then later I went back to those journal entries and thought, oh, maybe people would be interested in that story, that storm. or Maybe people would be interested in that story of that, you know, the whale or the sharks, you know, um, or, you know, learning how to find scallops or, you know, cooking on a boat, you know, different stories. So I sold articles that I would, you know, write that would go into sailing magazines and then, you know, some other types of essays and memoir. And um, so I like to say it's, it's, it's basically a 34 year process to get this book out. Um, but, you know, it really kicked into high gear, you know, when I got a publisher and they had a date, <laughs> they wanted it out by September. I went, Oh my God, this was in January. And it seemed like, Oh, nine months. That sounds familiar. That sounds like enough time to, to birth a baby. It's kind of like getting chased by a shark. It's never enough time. Never enough time. Thank you. That's exactly right. And that and the and the, it just keeps getting closer and you keep swimming faster. And it just 
you can't swim fast enough. So, but it's, it, it did come out. I have actually seen pictures of the book. I don't have one that I could show you sadly, because they're en route from Toronto right now, but I have seen a picture of them and a friend of mine who's in Canada actually got her copy at a bookstore already. So I know they exist and they're out. Well, good for you. It comes out in wide release on the 19th. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Available from your favorite bookstore or your most infamous online retailer. <laughs> <laughs> your choice. It's all See, good. Who might that be? I, I don't know. Just whoever, yeah. you know, whatever that makes you think of. Yeah. Um, and if you have the opportunity to go to a local family run small bet. bookstore. You bet. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Ahead. Well, I just I got excited there when you said that, but there's a, a website called bookshop.org and you can go there and you can find your own neighborhood indie bookstore on there so that you can either find out the things they have, find out about a bookstore when you're in a different part of the country, or you can hook up your sales so that every time you buy a book, it benefits your favorite bookstore. Is that That's cool? That's pretty cool. It is cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So when people go to my website, they can see that link. But bookshop.org, that's not hard to remember. And it's got, you know, everything from Elliott Bay Books down to the tiniest little mom and pop shop in the tiniest little, you know, Gig Harbor or Poor Townsend or wherever. So you can find a bookstore wherever you are. Or you can, like I say, support your local bookstore by buying things online. Very cool. Yes, indeed. Or you can go to the local one and have them buy yes. it online and, yes. and they yeah. can get credit for it. And because, yes, so we're going through a bit of a metaphor, metamorphosis in our country because the big box stores are not generating enough money anymore because of that other guy that you didn't mention uh-huh. and, and other, other reasons. And so we are going to, I think, be dependent upon mom and pops again. I think that's mm-hmm. a really cool idea. Yep. Um, so support them. Uh, yes. Support them. Yes. And and what's really great, I mean, having been in publishing now for 25 years, um, it it a, a cornerstone of a community is, of course, a market with food and a market that has the things that, you know, food for the soul, if you will, you know, yep. and that's a bookstore. I mean, and you'll find when you go to the local bookstore, as we all know, that that's where you also might hear a talk or a lecture or some music or find out about another, you know, a local group that's got a book club there or is meeting there for, you know, everything. I mean, it's it becomes places like Elliott Bay Books and Third Place Books in, in Seattle, I mean, are examples, exemplars of that. You know, they make their their bookstore a destination for the whole city. And of course, there's one in your neighborhood that you know about that I don't, you know, but it's it's very, it's very cool. That's and I agree with you, supporting them. I always hate when people go, oh, that bookstore closed. I just loved it. Really? When was the last time you bought a book there? Just exactly. asking. Just asking. Just don't want to sound don't want to sound negative on positive talk radio, but you <laughs> but that's why the bookshop.org thing is very cool because you can ship a book to your cousin Ned in Alabama, but it will still re- support your bookstore. And that's pretty cool. I think so. Very, very much so. Um, so we're going to run out of time again, my dear, but you're going to be on um, Kixie on yes. at three o'clock on yes. the 19th, 29th, 29th, so, right? 29th of September. 
and uh, we're looking forward to having you back then. Mitch, is there anything you'd like to add or to any questions or anything? We've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, what would you like to add? Well, I was just curious. What was in all the sailing that you've done? What was this? What was the scariest moment that you guys had while sailing? Oh, you know, we didn't have too many scary moments. And I don't mean that. I, I think probably the scariest moment was what I was talking about that, you know, the first time I was out there kind of staring at all on my own in the middle of the night. Um, I knew I could go below and shake Russell awake and say, come up here. I can't figure out what I'm doing. But it it, it really quickly became familiar to me. Um, there were moments we it, it, in Mexico, they have these things called chabascos, which is like a like a mini hurricane that comes up within minutes and is like really strong winds and then it just goes away and we ran into one of those in Baja and that was you know we've had them come when we were in an on anchor but when you're sailing and suddenly the sails are just flapping and everything is going crazy and the boat's you know heeling over to one side and then heeling over the other side and I think I'm going to get blown off the boat that was that was a little more spicy than I needed it to be <laughs> You know, a little too much tapatio. A <laughs> little too much tapatio, exactly. But but you know, we we you know we came through it fine. Russell dropped the sails really quickly, and we you know steered to the shore, and and then it's gone really quickly. Um, so you know, it's but it was a definitely an exciting few minutes there. So, but now when it's dark and it's quiet, and you are just sailing, you don't have your engine on. Can you hear? sounds coming from underneath the boat in the ocean you can if you're below decks the difference between the amount of sound that you hear when you're below uh, in other words when you're when the other person's on watch and you're down lying in the v-berth that's the pointy you know the bed that's in the pointy part of the boat and you'd be lying there and you hear this whoosh whoosh Whoosh. and it's the most restful sound it's like all those white noise machines you get but it's like a million times better and it's it's the best uh cure for insomnia you just lie down there and the, the boat is sort of surging forward and you're just lying there you know and you just hear this whoosh as the water is just rushing past you and that's pretty cool sometimes in anchorages you hear little things like fish will come up and bite on the barnacles on the boat and it's kind of like a gnawing sound which is a little kind of creepy but um once you know what it is it doesn't bug you so much but um so yeah you can hear all kinds of different things mostly wind i think i'd stay home i'm yeah. just yeah. Way, you know so <laughs> you're that's... you're the perfect um the front cover of my book says will also delight armchair travelers so Perfect. I need to buy the book. Prepare then, to be I'm, delighted. I ain't going, so I might as That's well read it. You going? Prepare to be delighted. You can order it today, and you'll have it by the nineteenth. Bada bing. I'm call him Armchair McDonald. <laughs> we do that. Ooh, that's got a kind of a ring to it. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin, but it's That's like an right. offshoot. It's an offshoot to Positive Talk Radio. Yes, in, in my in my lifetime, I'm the third Grandpa McDonald. So, you know. but you're not old McDonald yet because you're still in the twilight of your youth, as Russell would say. I'm in the twilight of something. I don't know. <laughs> Russell doesn't believe in being called old, so we are in the twilight of our youth. We have been for a while now. <laughs> he's he's 
He's on a sailboat for Christ's exactly. sake. Exactly. How hard and, could life be? Oh my goodness. <laughs> But it's we've been talking with uh, Jennifer Silva Redmond, and I want to thank you for being here. Thank is, you both. And it's it's awesome. We're looking forward to having you back. But before we go, I want you to be able to t- tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Oh, that whatever you're dreaming of right now, I believe you can do it. So take one step towards your dream today because it, it definitely won't happen if you don't take that first step. I love it. That's all I got. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be stepping onto a boat. <laughs> yeah. But you know, at the end of at the end of your days in 50 or 60 years, you're going to be able to look back on it and say, man, what a life, what a life. Yeah. Uh, 34 years has gone by af- awfully quickly. I've been surprised. Well, you know, the older we get, the faster they go. The next 34 <laughs> is going to be really quick. <laughs> next 34 years is going to go really fast. Did you hear that, Russell? The next 34 is going really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so so do we get to meet Russell one of these do days? Do we get to meet Russell? I think we should get to meet Russell. Uh-oh. Captain Russell. I'll, I'll even turn it this way. So you can see, you can see the man himself. It doesn't. Well, you got your dark glasses on. He was outside in the sunshine. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good, Russell. How are you? They'll think you're gonna. They'll think you're gonna start singing blues with those glasses on. Oh well. We were talking you? about bourbon mostly. That was kind of how the day oh, went. I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. But anyway, howdy. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Guys. Congratulations. Do you, now, being a sailor that has been on the ocean and has been sailing for 50 years. Well, is there... uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, uh, it, it's the best place for a sailor to be, by the way. So, you know, <laughs> hope that it all works out and continues on for another 34 years. And it couldn't go any faster. Yep. I'm going to pass good. this on to you so that I don't make any mistakes here. Wait, but... <laughs> so we're we're he's alive he's alive he's real yeah somebody said that doubted that he was a real person as they said you guys can't be that happy he's not a real guy they thought he was ai i guess <laughs> well i'm glad that you guys have done so well and and i want to thank you for being here you're going to be back on on the 29th uh mitch we're going to run out of time but We've got to go talk to somebody else. Her name is Amy Culler. We're going to talk to her on KKNW, and yeah. she is a, uh, a sex therapist. So that'll be that'll be fun to talk about. And uh, so, Mitch, I, I I play this here, but I want you to say it before I play it. All right. Well, you are listening to Positive Talk Radio. And just remember, be kind to one another because each other is all we got. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.